Hey pals, Charlie here, checking in before today's episode to let you know that there was a little bit of an audio issue during recording. That's right, Macy sounds 400 years away inside of a tin can. We've cleaned it up and leveled the audio as best as we can. However, the issue still persists and we wanted to let you know that we know and we are deeply, deeply sorry. But technical issues are gonna technical issue. We hope it isn't too distracting and that you enjoy the show regardless. I feel I'm super like, do you ever have days that you yes. just like cannot drink enough water? Like I'm, I just feel like I have to drink all the water. Otherwise I'm going to, my voice is just going to stop. Yeah. I definitely have days where I feel like I am a parched little girl in the desert and I cannot quench my thirst. That's how I feel today. It's weird. Mm. So I'm just chugging the water and hoping it stops soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can do is chug and hope. And chug and hope, you know, but I feel like that's advice for many things today. Drink your water. And yes. Keep hoping. Mace and I actually just got off a, a really cool cod piece, uh, a really cool call with <laughs> Rachel and uh, Rachel Anahata, as you might know her. So we want you guys to stay tuned to after the credits today, uh, because we, we did a little interview. We're talking about Anahata's. If you're going, if you want to go, if you're interested at all, uh, we have a a little segmente with her. Yeah. It's kind of like, a, it's kind of a blend of like a hype sesh because of, of course, because yeah. we're very close. As we say, I think today is uh, 57 days until the event. So it is a good interview for those who are going and might want a little extra information. Uh, she was a little bit into some of the musical acts that are coming, the classes that are going on, new changes this year from last year, all that stuff. And, um, it was just a really fun interview. She's she's fun to talk to. Uh, so we, we just kind of giggled our way through it. Yeah, so stick around for after the credits to hear us talk about that. Uh, but there's something I wanted to talk about first. Mm. Um, today, this co- as this comes out, if you are lucky enough to hear this, listen to me, if you're lucky enough to hear this on the day it comes out, the 13th of July, it is a super moon tonight, dude. Super Moon. Oh, okay. <laughs> that threw me back to uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, <laughs> it is a Super Buck Moon, and it is apparently the largest of the year. Buck, Buck Moon. <laughs> I also saw that it is less commonly referred to, but sometimes referred to as a Blessing Moon, and I like that so much more. So yeah, I like book. 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 And I, I can't say buck. It's going to be book. 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 <laughs> book. <laughs> so if you are into the cycles of the moon, check it out tonight. It's going to be big. It's going to be pretty. And you want to know how ignorant I am, dude? Mm. You want me to tell you how freaking dumb I am? I don't know. I don't know if this if it's the same all over the world. Me neither. <laughs> like, I, I assume I that it's the, the whole moon. World, I think everybody that sees the moon, yeah, I think it's everybody. I, 
I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that part I can kind of figure out, but because we're on a tilt, does that mean the Southern hemisphere does not, they're not as close to the moon. So this is not a super moon for them. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know much about planets, to be honest. <laughs> and it's satellite planets, moons. I'm a, I'm looking actually, uh, kind of before we started recording, uh, somebody put over in Facebook the, uh, you know, every once in a while you'll see the thing go, go around that it's like, here's Earth, and then it zooms out a little bit. Yes. It's like, this is the yeah, sun. Yeah, and the it one just, that shows it in size compared to everything else. And, and it's, I'm just flipping through the pictures and I am just so moved. Yeah. But, um, anyway, yeah. So Supermoon, get out and enjoy it tonight. What are we talking about today? I'm talking to you about one that I have always been, or eight, one. I'm talking about one. I'm just um, the I'm, number one. I'm talking, you know, the one. <laughs> um, no, that's stupid. Uh, I'm, talking <laughs> <about> <laughs> I'm talking about a, um, crystal, right? So, um, the one crystal, the one crystal, the one and only crystal, you know it. I'm to rule to them all. Notes up so you can see the different names for it. Anyway, it's Anialite, uh, or, uh, Ruby and Zoizite. Zoizite? You know the one, the pink and green one. Okay. Oh, okay. I do know the one. The super cute watermelon candy looking one. Watermelon candy. It's that was oh, hi. That was my... <laughs> the fact that it took you a second shows my skill. Well, because your tone kind of also sounded like the and <laughs> watermelon sugar. Watermelon sugar. Watermelon candy, 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 candy. Okay. Um. Wow. Shit, dog. Okay. So, uh, I don't know where to go from there. I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, I'm actually just kind of chatting at you today. Mm-hmm. And I am talking about, uh, magical space, why it's important to me, why it might be important to you. And, uh, that's, that's a little chitty chat that I want to have with you. But before we do any chitty chatting, mm-hmm. we got some really important. Yes. In fact, you might say it's the most important segment of the show. Mm. Yeah, technically. It is the Patreon shout out segment. Mm. Patreon shout out. <laughs> Patreon shout out. It is for Paula R. I smell Paula. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I love one, that. I love the, the idea that you wait for your shout out and yours is I smell Paola. Because well, here's the thing. I would I would hear it and be like, fuck yeah, you do. Because yeah, yeah, what a presence. Yeah. What a presence. Oh yeah. You can it doesn't yeah. say that it's bad. It could be like oh, No. God, she's- <laughs> Oh, they're here, you know, because it's like a, like that smell, you know. Well, it's like what Wheezy says, you know, he's like, you hear me before you see me, except, yeah. you know, you, you smell me before you see me. Yeah, but it might be like a poison ivy situation, and they're just like, oh, pink dust, who are you? 
you know. Oh my god, and then you show up in that monkey suit. Hell yeah, you do. Listen, let me tell you something. I watched that last week. Oh. Yeah. Did you? Rustin came over, and Hunter had seen neither it or Batman Forever. Oh. Did you? Oh god, did you have a grand old time? Oh, did popped both those cherries, and it was so we actually did it backwards. We started with Batman and Robin. What? um, Just because it's come on now, it's a lot of fun. It is, and so we couldn't help it. So we kind of we blew our load and went straight to Batman and Robin. And then, like, a few days later, watched uh, Batman Forever. But you know what I gotta say? And this is a bit brave of me to say. Okay. I've switched, and I honestly think Batman and Robin is my favorite Batman oh my movie God. of all time. Oh, my I God. I really do. I haven't rewatched it. It's uh-huh. shamelessly so great. Uh-huh. It's so great. It's so good. Dude. Dude, every line that Mr. Freeze says is a pun about ice, and it's and everything yeah. Poison Ivy says is a pun about plants. Give me one. Give me. Give me. Oh give me God. one. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Oh my and God. then my Why personal we... favorite, chill. Yeah. Chill. Oh, there's many. You can't. There, there's a billion. That, that's his whole dialogue. His whole script. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. I love it. I listen, oh. I'm glad that you had a good time. I had a great um, time. I'm glad that we can appreciate I'm glad that we can appreciate it for what it is. It is to me, are you know for, okay, you know why it's my favorite scale of fun. It's the most fun. Scale of fun is important. Yeah. And you know, I was um reading something the other day talking about young gravies. Oh god. What do you think about young gravy? What do we tell me what we think about Young Gravy's hit Betty, where he samples Never Gonna Give You Up? Yeah, right. And I was reading a thing where somebody was basically like, Is it silly? Yes. Like, but it's self aware. It is what it is. And right now, and they made the point of like, right now in the world, you don't need everything to be serious to be good no. right now. In fact, what we need is a little bit of levity. So if you can have levity in the form of Mr. Freeze talking about what's his chill out. Oh, dude, it's excellent. And that's yeah. the thing. It made me miss like this, the big grandiose fiction movie. It made me miss like the mummies and yes. you know, like the ones like this. And I'm kind of excited with like Rob Zombie's the monsters coming out. Like, I feel like we're getting a dose. You know, oh. like we're about to get like maybe another one that's just kind of that fantastical, like fantastical, and the, the makeup's like legit. It doesn't look all CGI, like a true, like tried and true Hollywood handmade movie. And I can't wait for it. Well, it, it's those like 90s movies. Yeah. Everything was done by hand. Sets yeah. were all built. You'd have fog machines built in and floors that would drop out and like. I miss that, you know, like, I know that it does, well, sometimes it looks better. It took a lot of money and a lot of effort, but like a lot of things, it looks better than the shit today, but it's just amazing to watch these movies and know that so many people, so many hands made it, built it. And that's just amazing. And that is what I felt like watching, watching, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, just the whole set. None of it was... I don't think any of it was CGI or there might've been a really bad segment of CGI where like a bumblebee flew around or something, but just everything being very physical. Like you could touch everything. I imagine just watching it, walking into that soundstage and just 
yeah. being in this world where everything's huge. And does does it look realistic? No, no not really. But it's neat. but it's it's, it's fun. And everything. Okay, feel me on this. Tell me if you agree or not. Um, it feels like everything was more colorful in those movies. It was. I, I just think everything was. It was just more. Again, it's just the only word I could think. It was just fantastic. Everything was bright and bold and just creative and i i want to see that coming back and it is why like i am happy for instance like in guardians of the galaxy like gamora is painted green she's clearly right. painted green right and i love it you know like i i love to see that kind of seemingly making its way back from like an overcorrection of everything has to be perfect and i don't like it i don't like everything being perfect i want to see the human in it i want to see that humans made this that's part of the fun <laughs> It also seems like you're just like an Aquarius that's trying to like do research. <laughs> I would like to see the human movie. I, I don't know how to learn without these film companions. <laughs> what do emotions look like? Dude, I have, I, before I forget, I have a story for you. You did. Uh, you, you prefaced this to me and uh, I'm excited about it. You said it was a batshit story. It's stupid. It's, it's, it's stupid. So... This is kind of reminiscent of, you know how I reacted when I woke up to the bird being in the house and I just moaned my way off the couch and got a bruise when I got tangled up. The <laughs> uh, I had forgotten about that, but yes. Yeah, so similar to that. And so anyway, we, so Netflix put uh, this, uh, the first season of, um, oh, fucking, the, the Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Okay, listen. It's, it's like a History Channel show, similar, exactly the same structure to the Curse of Oak Island. Even the name is structured the same. Same ancient aliens intro narrator. I mean, it's Great. the same. They copied and pasted it, and then they put the format. But listen, it kind of won me over, okay? Because it starts out, I was like, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> this is really dramatic. Lots of booms. You know how, like, Eldritch yes. Kitchen puts the booms? <laughs> yep. Right, there's so much of that, dude. Um, and, but... As they start, as stuff starts happening, it's actually really unsettling, and it's re- I, the show has won me over because I'm like, what? This is it's weird. And the people, like I looked them up, like you guys actually seem incredible. So I don't know. But anyway, point is, it made me a little paranoid. Okay, good. So, Love to start there. Yeah, that's where we began, right? But uh, I was just kind of on the couch. So again, this is a doze off. This is a late time couch doze off. It's exactly the same scenario, almost exactly. So I just kind of, do- I have dozed off on the couch and I, we've been watching. So this was Sunday. We rested all day Sunday. We have had this going on in the house for like seven consecutive hours. And it's just dawn and we're vegging on the couch. Just so absorbing much. This creepy information. <laughs> and so after getting in my, I've been marinating in my tinfoil hat all day. Like I'm just a bunch of juices in there. And I'm laying on the couch Ugh. and I, I doze off to then get a, woken up by the dogs barking, which happens a lot at night, you know, like if they, it, but yeah, when Bigfoot comes by, well, I don't know why this happened. And because, and when I got Hunter's story later, it became funny to me because his what he saw was so much scarier than what I had to deal with. But anyway, so uh, the dogs are working and it jolts me awake and it jolts me, it jolt, jolts me awake in an absolute amped up to 11 terror. Like okay. absolute full 
adrenaline mode. I wake up in full adrenaline mode. You were ready to go. And I can't move my body that well. I kind of can't. It's just like the last time. (laughs) And so I'm hearing the dogs barking and Hunter clears the corner and he's looking at me really freaked out. And he's like, what are you, what? And him freaking out and my sleep battle brain once again makes me think that like something's happening, you know, cause like, the dogs are barking. And like, so I am in this half paralyzed state and crawling off the couch, also still unable to communicate. Once again, moaning, can't talk, but I'm crawling off the couch in this freaked out. Why the moan? I don't know, because I can't talk. I might have sleep okay. paralysis. Um, <laughs> and so I'm crawling off the couch, and the dogs are... And so he... I, I then... I'm coming to, and I see Hunter just... He just... <laughs> walks off into the kitchen. I think he realizes, like, she'll sort this out. This, I've dealt with this before. <laughs> and so when I see him walk off... <laughs> when I see him walk off, I'm like, oh... Nothing's happening here. And I start to come back. It's like, that's what it took. He had to just be like, all right, I'm going to leave. And so he walks up. And I start coming. And then I'm sitting on the couch. But I couldn't breathe. I, like, could, he kept asking, like, are you good? Like, I I don't understand what just happened. And when I get his version, now I know why. But, like, I, for, like, a while, I was just like, give me a second. I can't talk. You know, and I, for, like, after five minutes, I was able to be like, shut up, dude. I don't know what that was. She'll sort this out. I didn't come off of edge for until bedtime, like until like another two hours. Like I was so it like <laughs> and so I, the next morning, I asked Hunter. I was like, "What did you see?" Because I just I remember vaguely in a panic, moaning my way off the couch, like that's all the time crawling, but I couldn't move. You know, and he was like, "Uh, yeah." I remember. And so basically, oh. all he did, <laughs> all he did was ask the dogs if they wanted to go outside. And sometimes they get excited and Gizzy will like bark at Dinah and Barnet, Barnet, Dinah will bark at Gizzy. And then they'll just kind of be like a cacophony, like a little bow, bow, bow. And then they're done, like three little barks. And like, oh yeah, we're going outside. <laughs> and that's all that happened. And so, Hunter. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Me. I'm so sorry. Hunter hears <sighs> me and turns to, because like our kitchen is open to the living room, but you kind of have to lean behind, you like lean around this little wall corner thing, which is what he walks around later. And so he leans out and apparently I have propped myself up on the back of the couch, dude, like the back of the couch looking out towards the back deck. So I'm like, my hands are propping me up. I'm, I'm looking into the kitchen, like through the window into the back porch. You know what I'm saying? Can you get this? Yeah. 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 And I am in a blind terror and I look at him and then I immediately look past him out the window <laughs> and get more terrified <laughs> and like lock on to something out of the window. And so that's when Ew. he turns around and is like, what? And then I was like, oh shit, it's <laughs> going on. And so, <laughs> And so, finally, eventually, like, that's what all started. So he saw me in a terror, then look out the window, and then whip around and start trying to crawl off the couch in a terror while not being able to speak or move very fast. That was what he witnessed. And he just walks away? Because I remember he did, like, I, I made it to the floor. Like, I had my hand, all, all of my body was on the floor. And I remember he was down. 
you know, because his scene was literally turning a corner. I stare at him in terror. I look outside in more terror, and then I crawl off the couch, making sounds until I hit the floor. Again, it's happened twice now. And so I think he just realized that I'm starting to come to him, and he was just like, I think the only way I can convince her that we're not dying is if I just leave. And it worked. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to hit mute a few times because I was laughing so hard. It was shaking my desk and I'm sure there was bangings, but that is the funniest shit. Isn't that ridiculous? What is is going through your brain? I don't know. I don't know. I just think it it must be waking me up right at the wrong part of my sleep cycle. Yeah. I feel like I probably was having a really intense dream yeah and yeah. i didn't i, I did not wait my body was trying to wake up but it took my brain about a minute a full minute to catch up it was when i was on the floor that i remember being like whoa let's you're yeah. fine you know but like for the whole first part of that was like i was still in dream mode and couldn't come out of it so i don't know i don't know if that's like a sleep paralysis thing because i could move a little but i could not move a lot i could move about yeah. as good as you can in a dream when you can't move I am. Oh, and that's frustrating. I have done that. I don't know if it's the same exact thing before, but I, when I'm uh, really stressed out, I go through periods where I will wake up panicking and then, you know, you just, I I don't know you're waking up in a panic attack or what. I do that in the morning a lot. I hate it. But one of the freakiest ones for me, and I may have, I feel like I've told this at some point. So sorry. I'm, I am becoming the old man that tells the same story over and over, but I uh, woke up. And the same thing happened. I had been moving and talking for a while, but I only remember coming to after I had already jumped out of bed. Yeah. And apparently I jumped out of bed and I was just saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I remember, and and I ran to the foot of the bed and I started slapping Clark's feet. Oh my God, that's the scariest thing in the world. (laughs) (laughs) That would scare me so bad. But it's worse because like, and this is where I kind of came to. I was slapping his feet, like trying to wake him up. And I was like, help me. I'm dead. I'm dead. Wake up. I'm dead. Oh my God, dude. I'd be so mad at you. <laughs> and, um, and I got, and, and then like, I'm dead changed into, as I became more aware, I was like, no, I'm not dead. I'm dying. And it's like that feeling of being half awake. My, I was like, is this what dying feels? Is this what evaporating feels like? your way out of an ego death. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just had to sit there and sip tea for a little while and shake. But I, I, I hate that. And I don't know why that happens. And I want it to stop. Except yeah. to you, because you come out with hilarious stories. I want yeah, it to happen. It's really all the time. silly. I get about one a year, it seems. <laughs> I love how your response to things is to just. <laughs> just try to army crawl and moan until I fall off the surface that I'm on. I'm like, a little... like what? But, like, what is the moaning accomplished? I'm trying to talk. I can't communicate. Because when he, when he, because I don't remember staring out the window. I don't remember looking out the window. In, in that the is pretty scary. I don't Your brain, that. you must have been dreaming that you, like, that you saw something. I think I was, because I remember by the time I hit the floor, just being like, I have not been awake. You know, like, I've not mm. been present here. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I think he was, because he was saying, like, what? Did you, what, you know? And I can't, I'm trying to answer, but I can't. I'm just, just moaning. Sound. Yeah. yeah. 
Wow. Well, yeah. I'm glad to, to know that about you. I'm always glad when you relay a, a, a story like that. Maybe I'll gift all of you with that in the bedroom at Anahata's and I'll just scare you real nice and good when everybody's trying oh, to Oh, God, it. please don't. Oh, God. Because I hate that Hunter has to deal with it because it might be funny to watch, but also I think the other one was that one. The bird one was hysterical and I would have loved to have watched myself. But like this one, I would have been really unsettled to have to watch. Well, I mean, it's like anytime anyone looks behind you and looks yes. terrified and starts trying to crawl away, it's not a good sign. No. Not a good look. No. Um, so he's got to deal with that. But I mean, I did get possessed before he proposed. So, I mean, he kind of knew what he was getting into. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that you go first today and you're going to talk to me about the stone whose name I've forgotten, but it is the pink and green one. Yeah, bro. Anialite. So I've only ever really seen it as ruby and zoisite. Uh, that's how I use it, like in any metaphysical shops, I see it written that way a lot. Although it seems that the name Anialite, A-N-Y-O-L-I-T-E, uh, is the name for it. And it comes only, exclusively, seemingly, from Tanzania. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, Exclusive. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I saw, and potentially Kenya as well, but like that is it, man. Uh, so, anilite is a metamorphic rock. So I was a little confused on this. It's like it says it's a metamorphic rock, but it it, it to I listen. I bet there's like what are they geologists? They're gonna hear this and be like, you dumb bitch. But like to me, I got the vibe <laughs> that it was almost like a Pluto situation. Like it is a metamorphic rock, but no one will call it one. It's very okay. Crazy. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't really get a clear answer on that. But anyway, it is it is, uh, it is composed of green zoisite, uh, oftentimes this black or very, very dark green pargasite, um, and uh, ruby. So that is where you get your color. Ruby, 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 ruby! Ruby, 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 ruby! And other names for it, uh, other than like anilite, your ruby and zoisite, you have ruby zoisite. Uh, Ruby's always died again with the hyphen in between. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and Tanganyika or Tanganyika art stone. Uh, is Whoa. For it. So this is uh, another kind of recent dude. So now, of course, it has been utilized by the peoples in this region for a long time, like commercially, like actually, like mined and discovered as like, a, oh, we could sell this. Uh, in 1954, <laughs> so in the Mundurara mine uh, in Tanzania. So I found a little bit of a a fun bit of history Yay. revolving around this crystal. And this is not about its discovery. And this is really not anything pertinent to any of you at all in regards to learning about the stone. But I just thought it was a wild story. And I wanted to share it because it's a bit, it's a bit fun. It's, it's kind of a... I guess you would call it kind of a financial crime, but it surrounds entirely around this stone. So, Love it. Yeah. Anyway, so there was a, a, a specifically nice, chunky, uh, four pound, this, this special, special ruby. It's called the Gem of Tanzania. It's about a four pound. Do you know this? It's story? the heart of the ocean. Okay. Um, it's the heart of the ocean. This was big. A uh, four-pound ruby specimen 
and uh, it had kind of a cloudy past. Some people said it was cursed. I don't, I don't believe that after reading into it. <laughs> um, and and this 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 ruby, this fancy ruby, was owned by this firm called Reckon Construction, which I think is Reckon. I know it's well, it's W R E K I N, and it's in England, I believe. So it might be like Reckon, but like I like to think it's Reckon because it's like no, Reckon it's Reckon, you know. Um, and they're going to be for me. They're they're wrecking construction Reckon. as we move yeah. on. Wrecking construction. And for some strange reason, one of the most valuable assets that this construction business owned was this gym of Tanzania, which was valued at eleven million pounds, which translates to about thirteen million U.S. money units. Whoa. Um, so was this that this gym of Tanzania changed a bunch of hands. Uh, it was originally discovered in 2002 by a mining company, and they were excavating in northern Tanzania. And, and this excavation was put on by this really sleazy, sleazy cat named Trevor Michael Hart Jones. Uh, Sounds sleazy. He, he found it, and like uh, he, um, he bought it for thirteen thousand pounds. So eventually, my name is Trevor Michael John Jones. Yeah, this guy really sucks. Like, so, like, I don't remember. So, you know, like that, um, that episode of Archer when Archer has breast cancer and like he gets fake chemo and it's Zima in a bag instead of chemo medicine. Have you seen that episode? Yes. This guy did essentially the exact same thing, but to children and for AIDS medicine. Yikes! Yeah, big asshole. Uh, so, like, that's who found this. That was who, he originally bought this stone, and he sold it to someone else, uh, who then sold it to Unwin, who was the owner of this rig construction. So, wow! Yeah, that's kind of the hands that it changed. But this ruby, uh, you know, the, uh, appraised at this crazy eleven million dollar value helped keep this company afloat. For years, like I imagine as like, you know, it's $11 million on the book to leverage as like collateral if you need to or anything like that. You know, it's that's a lot of assets to have. But guess what? This gigantic, massive, precious gem of Tanzania, Fancy Ruby, was nothing but a big ass chunk of ruby and zoisite valued at about 100 pounds or 120 <laughs> bucks. And this company Ooh. pretty much immediately went bankrupt. Uh, as they owed creditors $20 million. And listen, I spent too much time on this story, but it became, it was so interesting. And I got like, the more I got into it, the crazier it got. So it seems there was some sneaky activity going on here, such as perhaps some forged uh, appraisals from these big auditing firms. Is so slimy. They're super slimy, man. And so it seems because like they had all of this documentation showing that the, this stone was valued at, at this much money from these very accredited firms. And then from what I could gather later on, these firms were like, no, no, we did not do this. We would never do this in this manner. Like, and so it seems that all of these crazy documents were forged and whatnot because the value of the stone was no very well aware that it was a hunk of garbage. And, and like everybody who saw it said it wasn't even really pretty, but it's just like, yes. oh, this fog of intrigue around it made people, you know, and then the Ford, and so anyway, it blew up into this big thing and then it blew up in their faces. But I uh, I did like this last little, or this little thing from, this was from the Financial Times. And um, I said, we should not, however, remember the gem as having failed to cut it as a polished crown jewel. It should instead be remembered as a staggeringly successful healing crystal. 
Though its mystical Ooh. powers failed to prevent Rick and his direction from folding, oh. its mere presence on the company books clearly made group finances look and feel much healthier. Like most New Age medicine, <laughs> the stone derived its power from the faith of those who believe. In this case, in its intrinsic ability to rise perpetually in value. The gem of Tanzania is a magnificent placebo asset. In these straightened times, there must be many who would benefit from the gem's awesome power. At the very least, the stone would make an excellent, if rather unattractive and unwieldy, paper. So who will start the bidding? It's like, that's fancy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I just wanted to tell that story because it's like, what is this? Is just a super crazy thing that happened to involve Annie Light or Ruby and Zoe Zeit. I'm gonna huh. say Annie Light because that is so much easier to say than Ruby and Zoe Zeit. I want to say Joy Zeit, like Sean Connery was so bad. <laughs> so let's I, I also I feel bad for it. It has to sit here and be like this thing that we thought was valuable. Not only is it not valuable, but it's ugly too. Yeah, well, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I, I the picture that I saw, I don't know if the picture that I saw was actually the picture of it. It was actually kind of tricky to find. Because, like, one um, one article that I was first reading detailing the story, it was, like, I think it was, like, a news, like, a popular news site that I was reading, like, the old article on. And it was, like, this fantastic, like, crazy, like, ruby, you know? And then I saw other pictures that were more of, like, a rough, because it's un, it's unsliced. It is uncute. So it's a raw stone. It's like, this is a net. So it's, it's just kind of like a dark, kind of burgundy, rough stone. I think it's but it's so ugly. It's, it's unwieldy. <laughs> Unsightly. So, wow. Okay. Good. Good to yeah. know. So there you go. So zoisite forms when it forms during regional metamorphism and hydrothermal alteration of igneous metamorphism. Whoa. rocks. Okay. Uh, so do with that which will. It melts, I think, and then turns into what it is. That's how I understand metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It evaporates and then it rains down. That's different, but okay. valid still. Uh-huh. Um, uh, a monster comes by, eats it, and it poops it out. Yes. That's okay. how we have all gemstones. Yeah. They start as spaghetti and end up as gym, gemstones. Oh, that's kind of cute, though. Like, as like a quick aside to know that, like, your whatever crystal you have is like the, the stomach contents of some big monster. Like, it's like the turd of an ancient alien. Yeah. Oh, wow. I did want to point out there is a very similar looking material called ruby and fuchsite, uh, which. Does not look that different. It is often misidentified as ruby and zoisite. But uh, there is a, a pretty easy way from what I can tell to tell it apart is that uh, most specimens of ruby and fuchsite, they have like this uh, kind of blue ring uh, in places and blue patches kind of surrounding the pink inclusions and that's blue kyanite. And you can kind of, the ruby and zoisite or anielite, which is what I'm talking about today, does not have that. So that's kind of an easy way to uh, tell them apart because otherwise they have to be tested. You know, like they'll have to like test the hardness and whatnot because those are different. And who has time for that? Uh, geologists, I guess. <laughs> they Nerds. love them rocks. <laughs> I just love rocks. So the gemstone, come here. Uh, it was named Ruby Zoisite 
by the Austrian naturalist uh, as well as scientist Aaron Sigmund Louis von Edelstein. And uh, <laughs> it's a good, long, healthy, thick name. Mm, a fine yeah. name, a strong name. A fine name. And, uh, however, there was the, the English prospector's name is Tom Levins. And he... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love a little bit of a completely opposite of the yes, other thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Levins. Um, he discovered the stone. Like, he was the one who actually discovered it while mining in Longido. It's a district that is in northeast Tanzania in 1954. And uh, to this day, really, Tanzania is, like, like... They're it. Like, if, like, the primary source of all of this is in Tanzania. So, it's, again, so the secondary name is Anielite, and that derives from uh, the, like, um, a native word in the nearby region meaning green. And uh, that's, that's how it's known locally. Whoa. So, let's get into the metaphysical. Anielite. It helps to link the heart and the mind together. Also the root, but we'll get to that in a minute. But particularly, it helps build on the relationship between the heart and the mind, particularly with the heart chakra and third eye chakra. And there's a lot of benefits here to that. Um, because we all know what it feels like to have like moments when you feel like your heart and your mind are disconnected. Um, whether you're agreeing with one or the other, you just kind of feel like you're not you're not centered and, and there's a there's a disconnect there for whatever reason and you know it's where we get these phrases of like oh their heart wasn't in it or their heart was in the right place but like maybe it wasn't always done with the right mind you know so it's like these moments where you, you perhaps feel a little bit out of, out of balance or separated um and this is very like also specifically in veins of negativity um particularly like prolonged negativity that eventually kind of becomes systematic and helping to transmute that negative emotion into energies um, that can help elevate and open up the heart and the mind channel. So communication can kind of pick up again uh, with better ease and um, just generally like a higher kind of vibe, I guess. Ease. Ease it in. We turned on a street. I got to drive on Easy Street the other night. That's right. That was a good time. Easy Street. Um, (laughs) So uh, the heart, the chakra, is really important. It's really complex because it is the bridge between like our more kind of like physical kind of uh, energy centers, which are your like, and I'm, I'm working, I'm like working on my, I wrote this because I'm needing to, my final test, if I can get my words out, is this week. It's just doing both the Sanskrit. So, like, Mulihara, Spadisthana, Manakura, which is your root sacral solar plexus in a row. Uh, Did you say your final test? Yeah, it's this weekend. Damn. Yeah, bro. Wow. Are you going to be sad that school's over? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I'll miss the the weekends of... uh, coming together those have been really Mm. fun like they've been very physically like they've pushed me to my physical limits but at the same time they've just been so so amazing i I will miss those like we've come together and the past few we've done like potlucks and everybody's brought food and at lunch we just eat together and i will miss that 
Oh, but you're growing up. I know. We got to leave the nest. Oh, boy. <laughs> but anyway, it connects those, uh, the more your, your lower three energy centers to your more spiritual centers, your higher centers, such as your Vishuddha, Anja, and Sahasrara, your throat, or eye, and so you know, your heart chakra is a very important bridge. It's, it's, it's right there. It's kind of the, the valve between the two. So maintaining its health is important uh, energetically as well as physically. But uh, it's a major center of feeling for us. It's not just a hunk of muscle. And it seems that the more that the mind and heart brain connection, like, or the mind, yeah, that kind of connection between it, the brain is studied, the more complex and functional the heart becomes in regards to how we feel and experience our emotions. Like the brain and the heart work together. Um, and with the focus of negativity, annulite can supposedly help identify negative thoughts or energies that are kind of stored in these places and help transmute them into energies that are of a higher vibration that will aid in the opening up of these centers and therefore eventually the alignment of your centers in general. So apparently there's not a lot of crystals that do this, that can do this transmutation, just boom, flip it kind of deal. Um, but I saw it everywhere, everywhere. I looked, it's like, it's what it does. It's a transmuter of energy and it doesn't happen overnight. Like it's not one that's just going to like, but it, it, over time and with steady use and feeding it and working with it, meditating with it, um, and carrying it with you and having it on your person, it will um, just over time generally lift kind of the, uh, what I'm thinking, I've been watching too much, but the show I was talking about earlier, the noise floor, it lifts your noise floor. So, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're not, you're yeah. on a higher frequency or whatever. So mm. um, this can make it a really good companion stone for those who suffer with anxiety, uh, uh, especially on days when anxiety flares up big mad. Um, big mad. Now, of course, like obligatory, like take your meds. However, um, yeah, it's nice to know that if you like wake up and like you literally don't know how you're going to go to the office because your nerves are just shot. It's nice to know that we have these little companions that we can arm ourselves with, like our little spiritual armor and go out and know that they're, we're working together to help us be our best selves that day. Um, so anything. I love any, I love anything that trans, that like transmutes, uh, I guess negative into positive. Yeah, I, I, I love mean, anything that's like a, a twofer. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so like, that's a big, so it will help. Cause like, that's the thing is like fear is, you know, like it, it's a lower vibrate. It's a lower vibrational emotion. It's, it's, you know, it, it that's where it lives. And so when you're fear is just that, weakness, leaving the body, it is, what is it? Um, Starve the, starve the fear wolf. Um, <laughs> but um, it's a low vibrational frequency. You know, if you're going to prescribe to that theory. Uh, and so it will help eventually transmute, raise the state into higher ones that will also help bring more peace and clarity. Because clarity lives in the higher energies. Just as you can see how our brains work in times of joy or passion or exuberance because like if you think about it everything's crystal clear it's focused and it's memorable 
some of the, there's a reason we remember particularly good times, good, good memories. And you can play them back in your head so well, because there's a clarity that comes to it. You're really, you're alive, you know, the like good times are killing me. And you can, I don't know, it is, you can really take things in. Uh, and it's easy, you know, when you're in a lower state, and I can say this from an experience that I know a lot of people share, you share, a lot of people share, is when you fall really down in those lower places, like your thoughts, you know, especially times of high anxiety, like big dips, you know, your thoughts are muddled, they're, they can get, you can lose track of time, you can lose days, weeks, you can get kind of just confused, confused lose your oh, yeah. focus, and you will also get through them and have no memory of them at all. Um, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. You it's like you live through them and you are aware that you're alive, but looking back, you're like, what and is this just, black hole of time? It's just kind of that lower vibrational thing. You know, it's, you're not really, your awareness is because, you know, awareness is always such a high, high vibrational state. Your awareness is dimmed down super low. So you're just kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a weird dance because you're hyper aware due to your anxiety. But like when it comes to spiritual awareness, it's super dim. So it's like it, it eventually will help flip that a little mm. bit uh, over time, allegedly. So oh oh, we're whipping out the allegedly. Well, you know, I, I like so to we believe it. so we won't get sued. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> where are we? So Amulite can also be a good companion. For those just starting out on the spiritual path, uh, it can help one in discovering this new self that they've just awakened because it really does feel like that. Like there's a version of me in my mind before magic and after magic. And I really yes. cannot put them together anymore. Like I know that she was me and I'm glad of what she did because she put me here. But like at the same time, different world, like different, we did not view the world in two different brains now. Right. Point. Yeah. So it can be good for that. That's a big time. You know, I, I think anybody, even if you like to get a little haughty sometimes, like it's important to remember those first months when you're, you're, the spiritual door blasts wide open. And it yeah. is this time of just, you just want to take in as much as you can. You just want to, oh, you just want to experience as much. It is an absolute breath of the most beautiful, fresh air in the world. And having something that can help you find you know, an avenue yourself who you want to be. And uh, it can be helpful because it's a tremendous amount of information to go through. And there's a lot of cones to walk around and things that you're not aware of. And uh, so it can just be kind of nice to have something that's like, well, maybe let's, let's go, let's, this feels right. Maybe let's lean this direction, you know, and, and help guide you during those times of a, because it is a wonderful time, but it is also um, a very overstimulating time as well. Sometimes, um, and can be almost discouraging when you feel like there's just so much to know. You don't feel like you'll ever need to get anywhere. And you can, you can very easily take on too much in burnout. Oh, yeah. Um, Anealite is also a good stone for if you want to astrally project and not freak out right now. Oh, that's um, always a good thing. It is. Uh, it's the stone for you. Uh, along, so <laughs> along with the heart and the third eye, the root chakra is also a, uh, they are friends of each other in Anealite. Uh, and having our base, our center, and our mind, our, our third eye all teamed up together can make some, some pretty amazing astral and meditative journeys. 
Um, so if you're freak, if you're a frequent meditator or like, you're just always, you just, you're trying to be a frequent meditator, you know, you're just always in that dance of trying to meditate, which I get 100%. Mm. Um, I'm there. Um, maybe like an obelisk of annulite can maybe help you step from this material plane into uh, but do it in like this nice connected, like you're, you're rooted, but you're also, your heart's open, your mind is open. So it's this nice, like circuit uh, that it uh, can help us reach or tap it. Apparently, according to the crystalcouncil.com, uh, if, if you are someone that likes to pair crystals together, apparently a, a notable pairing is sapphire. Sapphire pairs really well. God damn it, I love and, sapphire. Yes, yeah, so if you want to like really make them just like really kick ass together, um, there you go. So, uh, similar to the transmutation of the negative energies, annulite can be really nice for times when you were going through loss of a loved one, times of grief. Uh, mm. So, you're grounding through the root, you're healing the heart, you're opening the, th- the third eye, our spiritual connection. And over time, the emotions, you know, of pain and anguish can, can be lifted into those of love, understanding, and gratitude. Know, for the time that was shared and grief never should be rushed I, I really believe that like it should never be rushed however again it was like saying earlier knowing that there's these tools that can just help you know i've mentioned before like the metaphor of just like keep you in the boat at least you know like you're yeah. not just sinking into the abyss like it will at least keep you in the boat and that's really helpful in times of deep emotional upheaval and emotional need <clears throat> and so Found some, there was some fun, some, there was a lot of fun when it came to looking at the Zodiac associations, uh, because it's a little all over the board, but there's definitely Love a few it. that uh, are dead on, right? Um, and, and But here we go. So these are, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different websites that I, or like, you know, just like that I found these <laughs> associations from. Okay, so the first one. Yeah. Sagittarius, okay. Aries, Aquarius, Gemini. Okay. The second one, Leo, Gemini, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Cancer. Okay. The, the third one. Oh, wait, no, sorry. No, 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 that's right. Okay. The third one, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Sagittarius, and Scorpio. Gemini and yeah. Sagittarius seems pretty constant. Yes. And so then we have um, Gemini, Aries, Aquarius. And then... Aries only, and then Aries Aquarius. So okay. the real so everyone but Pisces and, and Libra is what yeah, I'm hearing. The, the big, the strongest one here is Aries. So like, if like from like the reign supreme, and we'll get into why, but like is Aries. Um, but there, it seems to be very uh, a good pairing for Aquarius, a good pairing for Sagittarius, um, and Gemini. I heard Gemini a few times. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know how this goes. If you like it, use it. You know, so sure, um, yeah. <laughs> planetary association. So there's Mars, which isn't surprising because Mars rules Aries, uh, and also the other planetary association is Venus. So right there, you can kind of see how this works because you have this great balance between Mars and Venus. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the energies there are pretty different. You know, um, so you have this kind of balance of like this war and love. If you prescribe to like the masculine and feminine definition, 
You know, like you kind of have that, and they are both associated with this <clears throat> stone, and it speaks to the harmony to become something entirely fresh and new and elevated, um, something perhaps no longer divided and pulled in two different directions by two different energies, but settled between them both in this state of harmony. And that kind of goes into uniting the heart and the mind, linking it with the root, just kind of balancing everything out and not being pulled back and forth, which it, it comes with that harmonious nature. So really personal growth is the main guy here. That's the main element. And whether it's growing, you know, this newfound spiritual path or growing from a low vibrational state to a higher vibrational state or growing out of a deep state of grief into one of healing. But the point is always growth and passion, this elevation of these higher emotions like joy, passion, awareness, and, and coming into ourselves. And that's really the theme. And I'm happy because it matches the happy appearance. That makes me happy. Mm. And it just, it looks like a good time. And um, it speaks that we are not ever just one thing. We are a balance of many different things. We are, you know, a happy person and a sad person. We are, mm. you know, like all kinds of different things. We are maybe more aggressive some days and more passive on other days or more emotional. We're all kinds of different things. And the balance of what makes us us is really unique. It's impossibly unique. And all of these countless inputs that go into it cannot be easily defined by just a couple of words. And we're all in different places in life doing different things. But in all of us, like no matter what, there's an ability to elevate in some way. And that's what makes it unifying is it's a really unifying story in that regard is because everybody can get something out of it, regardless of what state we are in, because we all have the personal power to rise in some way or another, even if it's just in a little weak, little, just one small inch at first, we can. And I like that. I like any tool that's just like, no, it's like your own personal little coach, you know, this is the hype man. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's all it wants to do. It just wants to gently and steadily help us transform from our lower selves or our low selves that we are in right now, our lower frequency into a higher frequency, which is a pretty amazing gift from the earth. Um, uh, and lastly, all I have is like a little bit of care instructions. I saw you want to avoid steam with these as well as the little ultrasonic cleaners. If you ever really need to clean your stone, like you want to wash it because it's been like your bra all day or something like that. Like just plain soapy water real quick. Just wash it with a cloth and dry it off. That will be fine. But also like charge it in the moon, uh, some rice, bury it, but don't drop it. It's fragile. It's, it'll cleave. And also I don't seem to need to like submerge water. Cleave. And that's all I have for you. That's it. That's that's Ruby and Zoisai. And you like. Are we saying, okay, now listen, that thing happened where you said it at first and then I let too much time pass and I became embarrassed to ask, but I'm going to ask now. Are we saying Ruby and Zoisite? Or Ruby, is... it, I, it should be Ruby in Zoisite. Okay. So it's like lodged within it. Yeah. Beautiful. Or, or there's, there's Ruby um, with Zoisite, Ruby in Zoisite. But Ruby in Zoisite uh, is how I see it the most. Um, really, Ruby. I wasn't aware of the name Aniolite until today. That just seemed to be Amiolite? Aniolite. A N N C. 
Annie. What is it? N as in Nancy? No, what, what is it? M, M as in Mamsie. Mamsie. That's what it is. So stupid. <laughs> well, Mace, I wanted to just have a conversation with you today about magical space within your personal space. And just uh, why it's important to me. I don't presume to like prescribe i don't want to be like this is why you need this this is why it's important because frankly i'm sure to some people it's not important to have an altar or it's not important to have like magical physical belongings at all for me having a personal or having a physical space to become connected and to ground and to work spells and to craft potions and incense and etc it's kind of paramount for me and my practice and without that space I have found that my practice slips easily to the back burner. And it's, it's it's so strange to kind of, when I was doing, when I was putting together my train of thought for this uh, episode or this conversation piece or whatever we're calling it. um, I, I had never really made that connection before. And I, I kind of looked back through times that I didn't have space available or I wasn't taking care of the space. And I was like, that's when I kind of lost touch. And and I was yeah. thinking of it as it being a symptom. Like, oh, I'm not very connected, so I haven't been refreshing my altars. Um but I think it's almost for me the other way around. It's like, well, I haven't been spending time at them. I haven't been refreshing them, connecting with them. So therefore it's like slipped to the back. Um I totally get that. I'm exactly the same way. Yeah, and and it's it's strange to me because I've never thought of it that way before. Um, but I I know that you're the same way because I know that when I come over, your your, your space is changed, like your uh, kitchen. And I feel like you've said that you do the majority of your work in your kitchen. Um, and I know you have your space like in the back in the recording room where you keep a lot of stuff. But I feel yeah, like I where I see. I was going to say, I, I feel like your kitchen altar or whatever you want to call it is constantly changing and constantly like being refreshed and stuff, um, which makes sense because that's where you do most yeah. of your work. Uh, but magical space can look like many different things. Uh, it can be everything from a full blown altar space uh, to, you know, that it has all your cards and you store all your witchy things to even just a place where you happen to feel the most magical. Uh, for me, magical space comes in the form of what you might call an altar. I'm not a Wiccan and I don't like uh, follow a lot of the prescribed, like the, the Wiccan rules of like, you know, yeah, you have to have a bell and a chalice and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. What did you say? Like the actual like religious aspects. Of it. Right. Like, it's, it's like a religious practice. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I don't have... Yeah, kind of, I guess what I would have said in the early days, things you have to have at an altar. Right. Um, but I, I I don't have a set list of things to put on it, but I still use the word altar because it, it's work, it works best for me in my sacred space. I actually have several different altars because over time I have found that this is what works best for me and it's what keeps me the most connected. I am a very, if I don't see it, it almost doesn't exist type of person. Um, and I need things very out in front of me. Uh, I'm the kind of person who has like sticky notes 
on my house to remind me of things or, you know, I'll print out to do lists. Like I need to see the things in front of me. So uh, each room of my house has an altar. No matter how grandiose or how small, uh, I try to correlate the altar in each room to what I can be grateful for, for what that room provides. So example, the altar in the kitchen is one for abundance, gratitude, prosperity. Uh, the altar that I keep in my bedroom at my vanity is dedicated to self-love, beauty, glamour, magic, and sort of softer things. I think that... Uh, Each room of the house has its own purpose that can tie the mundane and the magical together. So this is important to me because it keeps me practicing every day. Many times throughout this podcast, we've talked about going through these periods of time where you just don't feel very connected. And, um, you know, I even touched on it earlier when I didn't feel very connected. I, I, you know, uh, and you have that familiar feeling of like, oh, God, what if it doesn't come back? What if I'm not a witch anymore? What is this I'm feeling? Um, And one of the ways that I start to come back is with a refreshal, a refreshal. uh, Is that a word? A refreshal? No, but I like it. It's cute. Mm, Okay. A refreshal of my altars. It becomes easy for me to do things like stop and light an incense or to meditate for a short time with like a stone or an object, or even just to kind of stop and think about a certain topic. If it's there in front of me, it becomes easier to leave offering or to even just have a moment of gratitude when these little spaces are set out and available to you. Um, so personally, again, this is just me and my experience. Not only do I have little altars for each room, but I have altars for different purposes, such as ancestor work or a gratitude um, altar or being thankful for uh, ancestors, things like that. It doesn't necessarily like fall under a particular room of the house. So I don't like, there's no way to separate it into that category, but um, it's like altar by purpose. Uh, and then I have my main altar. <laughs> it's going to sound like a crazy person. Like I have 45, but I'll kind of go through it in a second. I have my main where I keep all my witchy things. I do most of my physical witchy workings. Like I'll, if I ground anything, that's where I'll grind it up. If I need to like mix potion, you know, that's where I'll do that. It's kind of like the workstation. Yeah. Um, and the, it's also the one that looks the most like what comes to mind if you think of an altar. Another way that I kind of want to avoid sounding like kind of like a type A, like type A over the top crazy person is like, these aren't, these aren't like, these aren't what you picture a traditional altar to be. Um, You know, they, they are small, maybe the size of a handful, or uh, I've even used in the past, I don't have them now, but I've even used like Altoid tins. To make little or little other little small containers to have what some people have called a travel altar or just like a micro, a micro altar. Not every, not every space has its own dedicated surface with massive rituals happening all the time. Um, and it, it, it's also not a set look. These change all the time depending on what I need in that space. Sometimes it's just a couple of stones. Uh, sometimes it's just a candle and an intention. And that's what I call an altar, you know. Um, but it's dedicated space. So for the sake of demonstration, I just want to talk about what my altars look like right now. Um, without me changing them. Just in the state that they are 
Okay. As I made these notes. Interesting. All right. Letting us in. I'm letting you peek into my house. And I want to do this just to show you the diversity of what sacred space might look like, depending on how you want to use it. It also might spark some ideas for you, whether or not you want to use the room by room method or task by task, or if you just really feel like sacred space isn't very important to you and maybe you want it to be, or you're just interested in hearing about how somebody else does it. So the first one that I have is probably the one that I spend the most time looking at or just being around or dealing with in some capacity. And that is the altar that I have in my kitchen. And uh, I actually refreshed this last night. Uh, just to kind of soup. So I love it, dude. I fucking love it. And it just kind of, I feel like it's suited to what I am interested in right now, just kind of what I'm going through right now and what I want. Um, and I, I went back to, in my mind, I kind of thought back to uh, what what I used to do as far as having the altar in the kitchen. So this one is a very, I, I want to say like, I went back to grassroots, I guess, because I, I used to all the time have a candle going on my stove. And I didn't have that for a little while. So I brought out a candle and I and I have that sitting on my stove going pretty much at all times, except when I'm sleeping, yada, yada. Um, but that represents my gratitude and my acknowledgement of what my ancestors had to go through simply to keep the home running. Yeah. Like we've talked about this. The fire on the stove for me represents everything from being able to have hot water to clean myself, my dishes, my home, uh, to keep my clothes clean, to being able to cook my food, to having heat to keep the house going, uh, and even just to the the element of fire itself. Yeah, uh, so right now it's a good metaphor too. Like, or it's just a good topic yeah. because, like, when you're surviving, it's that you like you don't really let your fire go out. You know, yeah. it's like that's a big part of survival, and I just feel like it speaks to that. It's, it's like you're still keeping the fire on. Yeah, yeah, and and it, there's something also about that was one of the first things that I ever did, even before I took witch or pagan, before I took any of these like terms, and all I knew is I wanted to be like more grateful and I wanted to think about spirit and kind of what they went there. Like it felt like a little ritual to do, you know? So it's part of my morning ritual is if, you know, if I know I'm going to be home or whatever, I think probably an electric candle would be a smart idea, but if I'm home, a real candle is going to do, you know, I get up, have my water. And the first thing I do is kind of click. And I just spend some time thinking about, I don't know, whatever I want to think about. Usually it's something along the lines of, wow, that was easy to flick a lighter and turn my fire on. Right. Yeah, it's a luxury. It's a luxury. And so much of what I'm finding out about myself is gratitude super important to me. So to think about these little tiny things, or they're not tiny things, they're huge things that we have taken for granted in a way. Um, which taking something for granted is not necessarily bad. It's just granted that it's there. And it's it's kind of cool almost that we have these ways to do things. You know, of course, we can't always just be like, well, this is how they did it in the old days. So this is how we should do it now because they would have killed for a lighter. They would have killed people. A lighter? I wonder how, I, on paper, I wonder how many lives would have been saved. Oh, my God. Just a lighter. Something that you can get at, you know, Dollar Tree for like a four pack, you know, and we just don't even think about it. Um, so right now, my kitchen altar is a candle. It is the spice bottles that I use the most often. 
uh, which is a new addition because I was kind of cleaning up my kitchen and I was putting away spice bottles and I found I kept putting away the same ones. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to keep them out and keep it as part of my altar. <laughs> uh, not only in a magical sense, but in a cooking sense as well. And I have my little kitchen witch figurine of who I, I, I like to think she really truly protects my kitchen, um, along with like the various gnome figurines that I have hanging out in the kitchen. Yeah. Which, dude... <sighs> Okay, so gnomes are going through a gnomes are going through a, a height of popularity that put them on the same level as like a live live love sign. Seriously, like they are in it. They are in every house now. They have and penetrated the into the mainstream, wall. and I've seen them kind of. Um, if you take them for what they are and you're not actually thinking of because when I get gnomes, I it's like directly correlated to my practice. You know what I mean? Like I think of them as little as little mythical creatures. Right. But I guess in just sort of an everyday way, they're just like a, a like cute thing. So I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, gnomes or whatever. And it's become almost like a, a popularity cringe thing. And I just can't almost wait for it to go out of fashion. <laughs> Because, I mean, I love being able to find them. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm picking up gnomes left and right these days. But, like, I don't know. The contrarian in me wants this to pass so I can just go back to having my little gnomes and it not be a uh, it not be a thing that, like, every suburban mom's doing. I think you're just mad that you like something that's trendy. Of course. <laughs> of course. I understand. I'm going to say it the other way. I hate it. <laughs> Um, all right. So let's see. Where was I? Jesus. Oh, okay. Uh, the next altar that I want to talk about is one that feels a little strange to me, but, uh, it's important is the one that I have in my bathroom. And I say strange, but important because I think it's sounds a little strange just being like, I have an altar in my bathroom. Uh, however, it is very important to me to be thankful and grateful for the things that the bathroom represents. You know, obviously you have gratefulness for having indoor plumbing because I can't even imagine. Yeah, um, Jesus, can you? Okay. I just, I was just thinking not, not even like hardcore medieval times, but I mean, just a short while ago, if you had to pee in the middle of the night, you had to get your ass up, go outside to the outhouse. Yeah, you did. Better hope Co there's not a goddamn snake in there. Hope there's not a snake. Hope that it's not freezing cold. Anyway, uh, I would rather just use a chamber pot at that point. I would absolutely, because I I have to pee so much in the middle of the night. If I did multiple times a night, I'd have to just drag my ass in the freezing cold to a shit box outside. I would no. be so angry. Unpleasant on every level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's gratefulness just for the indoor plumbing. Uh, but I also like to work my thankfulness into things like uh, the hot water. And I, and I really go for elemental representation in my bathroom. So there's fire in the heat of the water, earth in the various soaps and scrubs and salts and things that come from the earth. Uh, also, I, you know, stones at my altar, but specifically in the bathroom. Air is for the incense that I let up, for the steam that the room creates, and obviously water. So all of these things are miraculous to have within your home. 
miraculous. We are living in a time where you can shit and Seriously. flush it away. It's gone. It's not. It's gone. It's a, it's away. It's, it's gone. You're not going to get sick from sitting in your own shit all the time. Like it, it doesn't stink, you know, except for like, you know, a moment. But it, it it's just a way. And we don't have to even hardly fucking think about it. Um, but anyway, all of that is to say my bathroom altar is, I guess, what you would call my elemental altar. And it's where I do kind of have a think about the elements the most, particularly when I'm in the shower. So what that currently looks like is for me right now, it's blue stones. Blue isn't even the theme for my bathroom. It's not an aesthetic choice by any means. It's just when I set that up, I was really feeling the blue stones. And sometimes changing up these altars, that's what it looks like is it's just me visiting like my main crystal collection snatching a couple of things off of it and switching whatever I have in that space or on that little tiny tray or whatever. Um, I find that having an altar in the bathroom helps my self-care and even a little bit of my mental health. Uh, I'm not saying that having a bathroom altar is going to eliminate depression. No, but I get, it's a tool. It's a tool, you know, because when, when I take care of myself, you know, I my mind's a little bit healthier. Um, but I know that when I have something available to me, like that stone sitting there or the candle, it's easy to flick up the candle or to light an incense that it's just already there, easy for me to access. Um, I could just plop it into it in existence and just take a shower. And then suddenly that shower feels very luxurious and very self-care. Uh, and even if it is just a smelly good that helps me think about the element of air for a little while. Um, it, it, it just makes it easier to, to think about things and to appreciate them and to care for myself. Uh, it also makes it easier to do the spells that I like to do in the bathroom, such as self-cleansing, banishment, or even like putting on armor in the form of lotions when I get out of the shower, which um, I would like to like incorporate more into my daily life, like slathering on that armor. Cause I, I so, regularly just mindlessly apply all of my after shower things lotion deodorant you know and i I think to just kind of switch up the way i think about it would be kind of cool just to suit up it's like a, a superman or like a superhero montage The next one that I have is the one that represents self care self love and beauty into my bedroom I don't really necessarily mean beauty of a physical type Uh, But if I'm choosing to do, you know, it can mean beauty of a physical type. If I'm choosing to do glamour magic or if I'm putting on makeup that is, you know, protective for me or if I want to put on a certain face, that's where I can do that. Okay. Another departure. Macy, speaking of of putting on a face for that day, that just reminded me, you you know, the 1997 classic, the the Cage Travolta classic face-off. Okay. Can't forget face-off. Can't forget face-off. If you could have a rotation of three faces in addition to your own, who would they be? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. Dude. And do they do they also have your face? Like if I'm if I'm switching faces with I don't know, let's go with Kat Dennings cuz she's gorgeous and I love her and I want her I want to be under her skin. Uh does that mean she wakes up with my face? Uh, I like to think yes. I like to think it's a full switch of Rooney. Okay. All right. Situation. Gross. Yeah. Um. You know what? I'd be Sean Astin for a day. <laughs> what would you do? Day. 
It would. Oh, precious. I mean, seriously, like, I, I feel like it'd be a real opportunity to be like a him or a Jack Black, you know, like a really beloved. Yes. Uh, and just make people's day by just being there. If I was Jack Black, I'd want to, like, make one of those weird TikToks that he makes. He's having the best time. He's living his life. His kids and his snack box that he makes now. Like, he's doing good. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. You said snack box made me think of food. I think somewhere that someone's face. Okay, hear me out. Gordon Ramsay. I because mean, be if I if I put on Gordon Ramsay's face and I go to any restaurant, I'm gonna get service. You know, you're gonna get service out the ass. I'm gonna get service, and that's all I really want. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. Like, if you need to be like, I don't know, like to. Well, never mind. I was getting, you're just getting their face. You're not getting their talents. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> that be, be like, be something cool be like Armory Grishon or whatever that amazing chocolatier is and like just like uh, make one of his incredible creations <laughs> like with my hands and then eat it. Dude, face. that's kind of fucking funny though. It's like if you took that on, if a, a Ramsey or you just if somebody like that and you went and you just winged it in the kitchen <laughs> and everyone would be like, masterpiece yeah this is great wow and i'd be like it's a fucking grilled cheese yeah Yeah. (laughs) don't don't say anything gordon will call you a donkey um and and lastly i gotta say nick cage obvious i bet your obvious reason Like lets him out of his little cage in the morning. Dude, yeah. Have you seen his like <laughs> old Coke interviews? Have you ever watched any of his like old time like late night talk show totally on Coke interviews when he's oh wild? Dude, my that God. You ever have. It's a good time. Okay, I'm gonna make a note of that. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a few. Just search like Nick Cage like, cocaine interviews and those those show. <laughs> I know they will. I've never tried that, but I just, there's enough of them I've seen that I, they have to. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that combination of words just makes sense. Yeah. Like super, on a, like. Uh, super wild. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> okay. Where were we? Bedroom altar. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. On, on, on the talk of facing off and faces, uh, that's, uh, God, Jesus, my bedroom slash altar is where I put my soft bish natured things. So like rose quartz and e- any other pink stone. Um, however, I, I have a special section of this altar that I keep in my bedroom and I, I don't really have a name for it, but it's just a section of things that bring me joy. And this is new. I've been doing this for a couple of months. And it doesn't matter if it's magical or not. It, it's just, it kind of makes me feel like, um, kind of makes me feel like a crow that's just oh. like collected a bunch of shiny shit that I liked okay. sure. and put it in a bowl. You okay. know, um, it, anything that's caught its eye, it's just real raccoon energy in this little dish that, that I have. The I things have that make me happy. I know that dish. Yeah, that little triangle one. Yeah. Yeah, I put all kinds of weird shit in that thing. Um, and to, you know, an, another brief departure, I just want to say that I think it's important to have a section where you can, for a lack of a better term, kind of Marie Kondo that part of your house and, and 
have if you like something like I hear people all the time be like oh I, I love this it makes you know but I don't have space for it or I love this it makes me happy I just don't have a use for it well you know who cares you know I'm not saying go out and spend money on a bunch of things I'm saying if you have things or if you find like a rock on the ground or a fortune and a fortune cookie just things that you hold and it just gives you that specific I don't know how else to phrase it but that spark of joy uh anything that makes you go <laughs> to collect these wow. things and and I keep them in a, a jar I just put a jar out and once the jar gets to a, a reasonable level um now I've done this once and I think this will be become practice but uh when my jar, my last jar got kind of filled with things that just made me happy, I filled the jar with oil and water and glitter and food coloring. And I made one of those like sensory style shakeable jars sure. that when you, yeah, yeah you know, it, it makes like a swirl of glitter. And I know that glitter is very uh, polarizing, but to me, it sets off that strange sense of primal happiness that I, I imagine that people who don't like glitter get the same feeling, but like in reverse, it's like danger noise. But, um, when I I just put all this stuff in it and I sealed it up and I burned candles on top of it that were in all my favorite colors. And I just had this little jar of joy and I still have it, you know, and after some time, some of the things in it turns the water, <laughs> you know, it doesn't look great, but I've, I've instilled it with so much joy and happiness. And, and when I, when I get my new one, I'll be able to kind of freshen that up, you know, and um, that's, that's how I kind of, justify keeping stuff like that and it not being a huge a huge deal you know it's just it's one jar and i don't know what i'll do with the old jar when i get a new jar maybe i'll release it and i'll be like thank you for the joy here it is back into the earth i don't yeah, know but somebody else's joy. yeah yeah and here's a pile of a bunch of wet glittery shit on the ground that i hope somebody else finds and loves um so I, I have done this in the past. I've gone through periods where, and I'm about to wrap up here, but I have gone through periods in the past where, um, where was I? Oh, okay. I've gone through periods in the past where I've completely neglected altars. Um, and specifically one time I had a kitchen altar that I had set up and it was very loved around the time that I made it. And it was around Maven and, uh, Sawin, and I had things on it like apples, some soul cakes, little Halloween decorations, and incense that correlated to the time of year it was, and fall esque shit. And I ended up kind of ignoring it for like a year. <laughs> uh, it didn't have the food on it still, but it still had all the other stuff. And that's when a space like that starts to feel dead. And I know that those items. The stones, the stuff, it has energy. It's not dead, but the space in itself feels dead and feels even more dead because you're not paying attention to it. I don't know yeah. if you've experienced that where I, like yeah, somehow a collection of magical items feels more dead than if they weren't magical items. Because yeah, well, I feel like they feel a bit offended. That exactly. I feel like it is, you know, whether you're kind of like an animist or whatever, I just feel like you're not um respecting those items or you're not utilizing them so they're they're either you can look at it like maybe they're maybe it's a punishment or maybe it's just they're a little feeling a little dejected well i just think but, like most things it's a two-way street you know just like yeah. magic won't work if you just like do it you know it's like you gotta believe right. it. if you do a spell and immediately you're like well that's not gonna fucking work it's not gonna 
Right. You know? Yeah. It's or it's going to work so small that it's like. Yeah. It's, where it's almost like petty. Like, you're, and, you're running yourself ragged trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I feel like, yeah. I, I kind of move in the cycles of how I clean my house. Now, I know everyone has different ways of doing this, but I clean my house. I have a certain day, like uh, Monday or Monday is kitchen day, you know, and uh, Wednesday is bathroom day. That's just me and how I like to do it. So when I'm cleaning these rooms, just the act of switching a few things up keeps it fresh. It, it, it has like, um, it has the same effect to me. Of course, it's more of a micro effect, but it's similar to when you switch your room around. You know, when you... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it just changes the whole energy of the space. And you get like a week where you walk into the room and you're like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, you get a spring in your step. Yeah. Energetically, the space is just rejuvenated. Yeah, rejuvenated. And feels fresh and new and exciting. So outside of all my altars that I have in particular rooms, I do have a few that serve a particular purpose. I have an altar that I use for prosperity in a monetary, like a a money sense. My income or work altar, it's where I keep crystals and herbs and stuff that I feel it's more relevant to me, where I may burn incense of, you know, money drawing, that kind of thing. I also have my ancestor altar, uh, and it's probably pretty self-explanatory. Um, so I won't go into huge detail about that. I think I've talked quite a bit about that, but I have my newest altar and it's, it's a little experimental and it's what I'm calling my self-confidence altar. Uh, it's not only about self-confidence in you know, the traditional sense of how I look and how I feel about myself, but it's a confidence in my magical skills. Um, this is where I've been keeping. Now, this is very recent keeping a small notebook that I write down the spells that I've tried, um, because I'm doing this thing that I'll talk about in a sec where I'm doing daily spells. Uh, but it's where I make the note about the spell that I'm doing for that day, as well as the outcome or how I felt about it. And the purpose of this is to grow in my trust in my own magic and to kind of uh, be something that when I feel slipped or disconnected, it's important to me to keep up that magical hygiene, to feel connected to my power and to feel like I, you know, I, I am the witch that I am. Uh, and I'm excited to see how that turns out because I, if there's one thing that I don't like, it's not feeling capable. I yeah. don't like to feel useless. Yeah. Um, particularly in a magic sense. I don't like to have that feeling of, and a lot of the times, yeah, it's an intrusive thought. And I'm sure we all have this one in particular, but I really don't like the one that's like, what if this is all fake? You know? And I, I don't believe that it is. I have seen time and time and time again that this is real. Right. And yeah. it's powerful. And I've seen that over and over and over. But I can't help it every once in a while. I just feel weak in my power. And everyone does, you know. So I think that it, it'll be really nice to track my progress. Um. So that is why that's why keeping space is important to me. And, you know, whether you gleaned something about whether or not you want to set up your own little altar systems or whatever. Uh, if you do have little altars and you, you do feel comfortable sharing, I know some people feel like uncomfortable with that or they feel like it shouldn't be shown. Uh, show us over on Facebook. I think it would be cool to have uh, the Facebook kind of flood with our altars and our little areas and what we do with them. Yeah. Uh, so show off. Kind of photos. Yeah. And, and also I think it's cool to have uh, inspiration, little inspo. 
I, I kind of want to wind down now that that's it for my magical space, but I want to talk to you about, and I feel like if I say it out loud, it's going to keep me, uh, keep me honest, but I've been doing work on my magical hygiene. As I had said, I I've set up a nice little practice for myself where as part of my nightly journaling routine, I set up my spell for the next day and it's okay. so nerdy, but it has kept me on this dude. And I've been having so much fucking fun. So I, I, I cross-reference things like daily correspondence are good for what spells. And then I will cross-reference that with like what phase of the moon we're in. And I'll take a sheet of paper and I'll write down what tomorrow is good for. For example, Friday, because I think a lot of people are familiar with like Friday magic. It, it's good for love. Friday is the day for love. So I'll jot down the word love because I know Fridays are good. Then I'll like look at the uh, phase of the moon. And if it's uh, if it's waning or not waning, I'm sorry, if it's waxing, then I would be like, oh, this is a good time to like grow a self-love spell, like grow my self-love, you know, and it's made my daily magic feel a little easier if I can sit down and plan out what I'm going to do for the next day. Um, and it's just it's helped me spend a little bit of each day feeling more like a witch and feeling more connected than I have in a little bit. So I just, uh, I just wanted to talk about it and maybe, maybe we'll go through updates over the ne- next couple of episodes. I, I like it. Yeah. It's a good point. And your point about letting altars just kind of get dusty and neglected is a good one. Like I'm, I'm looking at one right now. It's just kind of gotten overrun. I need shelving mm. and it's just gotten overrun. And because of that, I've just kind of let it turn into a mess of chaos. Well, it's easy to do. Yeah. It's easy to do because I think um for me and my brain like I I love the aesthetic of and you know and I don't want to say that in a way that makes people roll their eyes because I know that one of the critiques is like oh people just get into witchcraft because they like the aesthetic blah blah blah. But the thing is I I just enjoy it. I think it's a little silly to say that we all don't enjoy our aesthetic a little bit. The rocks yeah. are pretty. What do you want me to say? You know, exactly. rocks are rocks are pretty and I like, you know, I, I like wooden things or whatever, right? So for me, it almost kind of, it almost carves out a space of decoration in my head. And then I yeah. let it do what every other part of my house does. And it just kind of sits there and it's just a thing. But I forget yeah. that it's a li- like a living, breathing entity. Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that. I feel like I talked a lot it's okay. I feel like I did in mine too. This is a lot of weights. Weights. Well, uh, do we have any any kind of announcements? Oh, ooh, stick. Uh, tell tell them what to stick around for. Yeah, y'all, please chill after the credits. Uh, we're gonna talk to Rachel Anahata, the uh, creator of Anahata's Purpose. Super fun interview. We talk about uh, things going on this year. So if you are going, you are thinking about going, or you just want some extra content, you've got several bits more of it coming up. Because uh, we had a good time. She answered a lot of... There's just so Yes. Okay. Goodbye.
for you guys mm. today because we are also, uh, as of today, I think uh, 57 days from On Hottest Purpose. So we have Rachel, the one and only Rachel, here <laughs> to talk about that with us and let you guys know some important deets uh, and fill in any information and whatnot for those of you that might be thinking about going and all that jazz. Yeah. Rachel Anahata, as you might know her on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. That's, that's how I like to know her name in my head. It's Rachel Anahata. Like, <laughs> yeah. It it's funny because I've been wanting to change it back to my normal last name, but I feel like now I can't. <laughs> like, just, there's no one will know. No one will know who I am. People will be like, I don't know who that person is. Rachel somebody. Some poser. Yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. now that I've changed my Facebook name, that's just now my name. Forever. I kind of... I kind of feel the same with like the profile picture. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to change my profile picture, but I'm like, mm, I can't. I'm kind of locked into this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Forever, forever and always. Oh, that's it. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks, guys, for having me. Oh, I yeah. do feel I I feel like I uh, like unlocked a level or something. <laughs> 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 un- I've unlocked a level. I've now I'm on to the next level. I don't know. It's like I, I bopped into a little mushroom and my, my little Mario body just grew in size. That was my Mario exactly. noise. I liked it. It was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. One, that we did the fund. So shout out and thank you to everyone who participated in the Gift of Witch Fund. That was that so was, cool. It was so cool and it was so great to be able to call and talk to all of the winners and how excited everyone was and... Just from the short amount of time that I spoke with all of them, you can just tell that like they were just the, the perfect people to win the tickets uh, as, you know, that stuff normally goes. Um, so I guess I just want to say thanks to everyone listening. Thank you guys for teaming up with me and us putting that all together. I think it was really cool and I'm glad we were able to do it. Um, and I, I got some. That I, was amazing. Yeah. Like, I, and I'm curious for my own selfish want of knowledge. I just want to know, like, how many, how many were there tears? How many what? How were there tears? I'm curious. Um, did we make anybody so, so happy that they wept? Oh, oh yes, we did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Tears. Yeah. Um, there was one in particular that I spoke with on the phone for a long time, and I'm super excited to meet them in person, give them a big hug. Um, and there were tears. There was definitely tears. And then we actually had one person. It was so cool. Um, they didn't know what Anahata's was. Their friend entered them in, so that's I, awesome. That's yeah, so like, cool. Yeah, so like I got them on the phone, and I also it was like so creepy and cocky of me because I was calling people, and if they wouldn't answer, I'd be like, "Hey, my name's Rachel uh, from Anahata's Purpose, and uh, if you just give me a call back, I have something for you." So like I was leaving this super <laughs> creepy voicemail, <laughs> such a creepy voicemail, and. And the person was like, I don't know what this is. And I was like, because I was like, can you guess what it is? Like, I was like trying to make people be like, I won the ticket. And they were just like, I don't know. Uh, I honestly have no idea. And I was like, oh, you like don't know what analogs is at all. And they were like, no. So then I had to like explain to them what they won. It was just oh so God. funny. Um, and I just felt so coming? silly. Yeah, they're coming and their Badass. friend got a ticket and they're going to come with each other. And they're going to travel. Oh, sweet. Super excited. Yeah, it was a great conversation, but I just made a fool out of my damn self. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, for those that really... don't know, we picked it random. So we each just yeah. picked random numbers uh, 
it was it, it immediately became apparent that it was going to be way too hard to actually pick. There's no yeah. way. I, I, I wanted, like, I, I started being like, all right, well, we'll have to pick a handful. Like, I'll, I'll narrow it down to like 10. And I like lost, I, I quit. I just was reading and I'd like bring a name over. Like, oh, wow. And bring, I had like 40 names or like 30. Mm-hmm. Names. I just added every single name. I, was like, I don't, these are all such beautiful stories. I don't know what to do. And so it was just, really difficult. It was hard. So we picked at random the universe bit. Yeah, it was. I had mine color coded. I started color coding them as to like. I noticed that. I, yeah, because yeah. I after the winners were chosen, I wanted to to bop into the the little uh, uh, document that we had going and see like I wanted to read the stories of the people coming and <laughs> they were all different colors. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, that was me going through everything before we were like, okay, we just need to random number this. It is. It was just, it was a lot. Um, and I hope that, you know, people who did not win are able to find their way there or at least, you know, listen and vibe and hopefully we'll see you in another year or something. Yeah. And just shout out and thanks to everyone that uh, entered and also participated and raised, raised the dollars. Yeah. Raised a lot of dollars. Six so, people yeah. worth yeah, of dollars. Six whole so. people. Yeah. Actually, more than that, because I think the friend gets to go too, right? Or the friend is going. So it's like, the friend is coming. Of this, yeah. yeah, that's like seven people that are getting mm-hmm. to go now because of it. Pretty yeah, cool. it's really, really cool. It's really cool. So, mm, gratitude. Yay. So, is there anything that you would like to tell the beans about Anahata's this year? I know there was mm. a couple of things on the docket. Yeah, we we definitely we got some fun things. We got some fun things happening, um, specifically for the beans. So get get hype. Um, There's one thing that I've seen on the Facebooks, people talking about bringing a bunch of snacks. I actually haven't (laughs) announced we haven't announced this yet. So this is the first time this is being announced. But uh, Thursday, Thursday, we have a band playing, which is one of my favorite bands ever. And they're called Snack Time. Oh, so, hot. <laughs> so just putting it all out there to everyone, when you come with your snacks, Thursday is the snack time to share the snacks and to enjoy some hype, hype, sweet jams. So Dude, that's super exciting. That'll be so cool to just sit there and take in some tunes and everybody just throwing snacks between each other. Everybody's yeah, and just it's- fucking eating. Hell yeah, yeah man. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to love it. Like, I know Snack Time is going to love it. So they're a full brass and drum band. Like, yeah! Yeah. Yeah, so they, like, they get funky, and oh, it I is just great. And they're going to do, food. yeah, they're going to do, like, a little bit of an acoustic set, and then we're going to do our, like, circle, our opening circle, and then we're going to go into, like, a full set, and it's just going to be dancing and shoving snacks in our faces. Yes, so, yes, oh yes, yes, yes. What a we great way them. to open up. Yeah. Event. Yeah. Snacks at snack time. And I just, I know that the people who are in snack time are just going to fucking love that so much. Just watching people eat snacks and dancing. Like, it's, it's such goblin energy. I love it. It, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's goblin and it's, it's a total amazing. vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Thursday night after snack time, I do have a surprise that I'm working on for the beans specifically. And I can't give too much away about it. Um, And I'm also still like working on finishing, putting it together. But what I will say is it has to do with fire spinners and something witchy. 
Okay. And it's specifically for the beans. It will be in the Sky Hill area, and that'll be Thursday night after snack time. Well, now I want to know. I can't tell you. I'm sorry. I think you should. We can edit it I out. I want to know. <laughs> but you edit it out. Show me. <laughs> no, no, don't tell us if you don't want to tell us. I'm just, I'm just being, no, I'm being a dick. I don't want to know. I, Charlie, I'll Marco you after this. And I'll tell you what it is because that's that's me. I'm always the person like I want to know all the things. Um, but I just want to I want to leave some surprises. And we we do have so that's all Thursday night, and then Friday night will be the Bean Fire Night, mm-hmm. um, and we do have some things specifically in the works for that. So that's going to be like the Bean Fire Night, full. Yes. That's the night for the bean fire. Um, we have some fun activities and things to just be kind of happening in the background. Uh, and then Saturday night is going to be super dope, super dope, super lit. We have Mums the Word, which I believe you guys, they played Thursday. And then we have Koofnots coming back where we have Koofnots the full band, um, which I don't know if you guys remember them, but Koofnots and Christina Elise. The guy who does like the conscious rapping and she plays the oh, yeah, and it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So yes. their full band is actually with a few drummers. So cool. it's gonna just get cool, cool. amped. We love it. Um and we have a big spell happening Saturday night at the full moon by the water. Oh a huge group spell going on. Uh. How mm-hmm. much power is just going to absolutely gonna blast out of there? It's going to be really wild. Uh, I have this really cool, big, like, white cauldron thing that we're going to use for the water. And we're going to be getting some little vessels for attendees to bring or to, to have and then take home. Um, I don't want to give too much away because no, I don't want. Yeah, it's it's I'm not facilitating it. That's. Amberly and Margot are running that, so it'll be really beautiful. Um, yeah, it's super exciting. So that'll be Saturday night, late night, like midnight. Um, See, it's, all it's right. Gonna I, I'm going to have to stay hype. I'm going to have to really try my best here. I'm going to have to really try my best here because I, I am not good at being alive past 10 p.m. I have and a hard time I, with it, too. I that's do. my goal <laughs> this year is because last mm-hmm. year I was zonked by, like, 9 30 every night it's like no i'm gonna be up i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna be alive i'm mm-hmm. gonna dance mm-hmm. so that's my goal yeah we'll take you know what we'll helps take like a, we'll take like naps. a nap yep yeah. naps naps yeah, easy but it's hard you but it's hard people who can nap okay <laughs> well it's not even you don't have to actually fall asleep but just resting your body mm-hmm. i will do that sometimes that does help yeah, yeah. like because i can't a little... nap but i'll just like lay on the couch and just will my bones to be still for about 40 minutes and that i get something out of I will secretly slip you four five-hour energies. <laughs> I, that will just immediately put me in the hospital. And then That's 20 gets. hours of energy. <laughs> <laughs> I become a nuisance. I become the yeah. person who won't let anyone else sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you, end, you end up being the person that we, like, kick out. I like, Mason, you gotta go. <laughs> Our next episode is like, I got kicked out of Anahata's. Ask yeah. me how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh god no please no Uh, (laughs) that's happened before we've had that happen oh oof yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but rarely ever because there is the whole no alcohol thing now so it's great we love it that's good and just nobody be stupid 
Yeah, it's awesome. We haven't had a single problem since that's been implemented. And it's awesome, too, because I feel like it really allows people to do the work and be like, oh, well, I can do this work, too, and feel safe. It's great. Um, another thing that I am super excited for, because there is, it's going to be a little bit more bean heavy, um, is just the beans meeting the other communities that will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause the beans are like a quarter of the attendees, like the communities. Wow. Um, so we have dance medicine, Philly, which they partner with us and they kind of host the music Friday night. And they do ecstatic dance. And I don't know if you guys saw ecstatic dance happening at all. Yeah, oh, yeah. I weekend. Did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just this super empowering, fun. I'm going to go this year. I was not mm-hmm. opened up to dance at all last year, like at all. But I've done a lot this year, largely because of On Hottest Purpose. And I'm ready to nice. do that this year. I'm going to get fucking wild at that ecstatic dance. Nice. Good. Good. I'm glad. Because it, it is something that it's very freeing. Like, it's not, you just go and make your body do things. Like, there's no <laughs> rhyme or reason. Like, you don't have to look a certain way when you're dancing. Like, you purposely go there to just move your body the way it feels good. And that's it. Um, so, Ecstatic Dance, that community is just really awesome. And a lot of the members of that community also offer a lot of, like, different workshops that we have, too, which is mm-hmm. cool. Uh, and then we do have the Beard Fest community, which is another festival uh, that my friend and one of the executives of Anahata's one of the partners, Jeremy, runs. So he runs that festival. And then he also does our music for Anahata's. And Beard Fest was actually one yeah, of the main happened. things that inspired yeah. Anahata's. Yeah, yeah, it just happened. Uh, it takes place in the Pine Barrens here in the Dirty Jersey. Oh. And uh, yeah. And it's just, you know, Beard Fest was one of the main inspirations for Anahata's. Um I was there and I just wanted to kind of flip it. You know, a beard fest is very music heavy with a few workshops. And I was like, I want to just do this, but like backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, yeah. So it's super cool. cool now that Jeremy has joined the Anahata's team. Um, it's kind of like serpentipitous and just beautiful how the universe works. Um, and then just like a lot of wellness communities. There's just so many cool people. So uh, that is one of the reasons why I've like, like we're going to schedule the Friday bean fire night, but I'm mm-hmm. also super because I want the beans to meet all these other wonderful people too. Like there's just, yeah, for sure. So That's... many cool communities that show well, up. Well, And I mean, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to downplay how important some of these workshops were for me personally right. oh, last year. Time. They, mm-hmm. there was a few that have changed my whole practice. They've changed my, life to be honest with you nice. <laughs> and some of them I took and and I, I think I might have been the only person there that I knew or had the bean wristband on you know yeah. um and and I may not have I feel like I was kind of stepping out of my comfort zone like I, it felt like I was going by myself yeah. at the beginning mm-hmm. But then you go to these workshops and then you leave with like 15 new friends. Yep. So it, I just want to not understate how important it is to like get out and go to the workshops. And like, also, by the way, it's just fun to like plan your day like you're in high school, you know, and be like, <laughs> okay, at this time, I'm going to take this. And at this oh, time, I'm going to take this. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I think it's actually such an important part 
to really making uh, close friends at Anahata's is Mm -hmm. going out and experiencing those things. Because I feel like everyone that I've come close to year after year after year, I might not have gone to all the same classes that they've gone to. I might not have experienced things that they experienced, but collectively it's like we went through this time together being vulnerable in our own way. And we can relate to how that other person, maybe they're going through something, maybe it's similar to what I'm going through, but either way we spent this time together where like something shifted. Yes. And yeah, even if it's not the same lessons that were learned, like just being there and being able to hold space for other people and have other people hold space for you like, mm-hmm. that's what really forms this connection. I mean, yeah. our Marco Polo is just every day and it's been a Poppin'. year. Like, it, ne- it never ends. And it's because we all kind of went through this experience together. Yeah. And we kind of continue to do that. Um, and, yeah. And it's that's something I didn't anticipate is just the the family, I feel like, mm-hmm. that came out of Anahata's. You know, I was like, hey, cool thing to do. Uh, and I'm not by any means just talking about like hey you know here's all the beans we got to meet i mean everybody and in particular there was the um the infamous uh confronting the shadow class yes. which it, yeah. are are they going to be there this year yes erica will be there oh sweet yeah I um, was, she kind of can't be now that everyone's <laughs> talked about it like she's got to be there yeah yeah i'm gonna go this year i didn't go last year i actually well, haven't gone i've never been able to go really uh, yeah so i'm that's my i have a plan to go this year and cry as well that that is the class that i think kind of epitomized for me what you were just talking about there was this moment mm-hmm. where um, and while I was sitting next to like Lyra and there was a couple of other people that I had like sort of started to know, um, there was this moment where we all went through and it, it was just this beautiful moment, moment of being vulnerable with strangers. Yep. And that's not me as a person. I'm not vulnerable with people I know. So like to do so with strangers was this moment of you just felt that shift. And I, I remember looking around and just seeing everybody and being like, every person here is a person with their own story and things they're going through and, and stuff like and it. And it put me on a different path for my entire life. Wow. And I don't know. I just wanted to say that. No, that's <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. But, no, but um, I, it's, that's really, that's really something special. It, it changed uh, the amount things, of like I surrender think. that you kind of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and, and the fact that everybody kind of, like they said, you don't have to share, like you don't have to, d- don't be afraid of this class. Cause you feel like you're going to, you don't want to say things out loud. You know what I mean? You don't have to, if you don't want to, but there was this moment that I feel like everybody just took a collective breath and we were like, okay, we're all in it. We're doing it. Yeah. And it just felt like everybody was like putting their hands in together and we're like, we're all friends now. <laughs> nice. That's amazing. So oh, then I'm so excited. Classes, There's so many cool classes. Yeah, on yeah. classes. I, I thought it would be good to kind of we could kind of wrap up, get people hype with uh, with mm-hmm. some high, some some of your favorites that are coming. We got a lot. <laughs> um, we have a lot of really cool classes. Well, Rhythmetrics will be back. The drumming is coming back. Can uh, I archery see will in the be middle of the circle. Please. Yes, um, summer has to come with us. We're all going to hold hands and sit in the circle. That's definitely oh, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, just so you know, when second you hear the drumming start, that is Max calling people to the drums. So you need to run 
don't hurt yourself, but we do have a great med team, but run <laughs> to the drums <laughs> to get your spot because it, it, it gets up quick. It, it loads up pretty fast. So he will do a few throughout the day, which is really great. Um, I'm sorry. Hold yeah. I love, I loved hearing yes. moments of just the drumming start and everything else. There are multiple times that I would be walking past, you know, like you'd leave the cafeteria and then you'd be walking to the river and you had to walk past like where that little mall area was that they would do it. And I would just be like shimmying my way down my path, just shaking ass to them when they were like drumming faster, (laughs) you know, just being like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I do. I do love that. Yeah. Um, Well, Max is actually, they're moving to Colorado. So they're coming back just for Anahata's. Sweet. which is super awesome. Um, and then uh, we have some really neat classes. So Dr. Nick Atlas, who did the dream work. So good. Class. Yeah. You mean the lucid he, dreaming class. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, he will be back. He will definitely oh, be back. I, oh, and that was a whole experience as well. That was oh, incredible. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. He was, I, I, to be honest at first, I was, I didn't, I, I like it because he went and he, he, he dived right on in. And like it was, he's so knowledgeable and it was so much incredible mm-hmm. information that I was like, oh, like I've got to settle in and I've got to like absorb this right now. Because yeah. it was one of those things like, you know, because you're in like the chill vibe. You're like, oh, yeah, let's like, well, let's take a lucid dreaming class. And then this brilliant person is giving you amazing advice on lucid dreaming. You're just like, oh, all right, wait, let me get my pens. Uh, let me get my. <laughs> Let me get my paper. Oh my gosh. It was so incredible. So much knowledge. He's, uh, he's going to be taking it a little further this year. Sweet. Uh, yeah. His, his new version of it is going to be called dreams, psychedelics and (gasps) going through visionary states. So, and you don't need any experience. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need any experience of psychedelics to participate in this, but it is about like being able to visualize yourself through it. Um, different relaxation techniques, deep embodiment practices, things like that. So that is going to be super exciting. And fun fact, Dr. Nick Atlas's wife is a bean. Yeah. Yes. That's how how they found us. Yeah. That was, Mm -hmm. yeah, we've, we've, figured that out and we're just like what like, it was super yep. super wild yep. yeah um also what a cool name all... dr atlas like can we yes. talk about that for a second I mean, come on i know such a good name i wonder if it's real i never asked him i think i need to ask him now <laughs> <laughs> is that real is that really your name yeah. um yeah but we do have teresa our lovely teresa yeah. is gonna be hitting us up with some we did a few years ago, and I've been wanting that to come back. So she's going to be bringing that in, and um, we're I also going to be say real quickly on on the note of Teresa. Like, I have the esteemed just luck of just being able every now and again to write her and uh, Marco and be like, "Hey, you astrological genius, what's going on?" And she yeah. will tell me. You, I, she is so knowledgeable and she is mm-hmm. so in depth and she's so intuitive. Like, that I am not missing that class no. at all. Not to no. mention, she has the cutest accent in the I whole know. Planet. I love oh. hearing her talk so yeah. much. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited. We're actually we're doing two things together. So, she has her astrology class. And then I think you guys know that 
like we started our own yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, Thanks yeah. for the inspiration. Yeah. yeah, the two Geminis and a Leo. And we're going to do like a kind of live, but not like what you guys are doing. But we are going to do like, and it's really for the beans. It's just going to be pretty much astrology roasting for an hour. Good. Like just yes. people like, let's talk about your placements. And I'm just like, you know, did you cry today? Yeah. Like, when, oh like when are you like, can, what are you overthinking today? Let's like, so we're can, just going to randomly pick people. Tell us what your placement is here and here and here. Teresa's going to be roasted. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Destroy so, yeah, me. I'm, I, yeah. A mm-hmm. hand is raised on that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, what a funny idea. Yeah, it's just going to be just straight up roasting. I'm actually thinking of getting my friend who's the comedian to just sit on on it. Grandma, I don't know if you guys remember Grandma. I um, yeah, I went to the show last year. I, I thought yeah. Grandma was really funny. Yeah, Grandma's great. Um, yeah. I also wanted to say just on the note of your podcast and on the note of funniness, I'm somebody who I've talked on on this podcast about loving, but just having a very strained relationship with astrology as far as like, I just feel like I don't learn that quickly, you know, just it, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to learn. Um, however, I've been listening to y'all's podcast and it is so funny. It is so funny, dude. And I have learned so much. I have thought about that Biggie episode (laughs) so much more than I should. But I think about it every day. Yeah. Is Biggie a psychic? I don't know. (laughs) Like, it's, it's so much fun. And it's so great, too, because, you know, Tabitha and I are learning. We're very much in the learning phase. So Teresa just kind of like guides the show so well. And then us crazy Geminis just come in and talk i was Talk gonna say shit. so the, <laughs> so the leo yeah. takes takes charge of things wow mm-hmm. why am i not surprised <laughs> i know no but it's great though i mean this was her this was her baby mm-hmm. so uh it's just really cool it's been fun so we're gonna do a little something like that and that's probably going to be more specifically for beans and friends since it is a newer podcast so um i don't think as many people are going to know of us who knows um so that's going to be going on and and just it's super exciting. And I actually have one of my friends, Brie, who is phenomenal, queer artist, educator, which a new mom um, just is one of the original founders of Rompus, who created the big, beautiful paintings that were the backdrop for the stage. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're one of those founding members. Well, they wrote this amazing coloring book. Macy, I feel like you're going to really love this. It's called Everything Dies, a story time about death. Um, And it's just like this beautiful coloring book for adults or really anyone that just talks about the circle of life in all aspects of all things. But it's a coloring book and it's beautiful and it's poetic. And they're actually going to do like coloring and story time. Like they're gonna read the book uh, oh, as people yeah. are like coloring and you know eating snacks and stuff. Oh, so, um, oh yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, the book's called yeah, so everything dies. A story time about death, and it is I love that the the book is just it just gives you all the chills, and it kind of if you guys have ever seen um, the Duncan Trussell show. Midnight Gospel, like that last episode of Have yeah. you guys ever watched that? You know how that last episode like really gets you? Um, 
that's like how you feel like right right in the gut looking at it's right in the gut it's beautiful (laughs) and it's just really human and it's super like nitty-gritty and nature-based and just oh it's so good so i'm very excited for them to be offering that in this space and yeah there's just a lot of really dope ass shit happening this year (laughs) it sounds like there is a beautiful wonderful mix of not only being related stuff but a chance to get out and experience so many new things things that you Mm -hmm. thought you wouldn't how do i say not not didn't think you wouldn't be interested in but like things you've never contemplated before or things you've never tried before and i i'm really excited for that mix of um familiar and then like branching out yeah well there's um my team actually had a really great idea and we're going to do it, do something different this year too. I know everybody asks about the schedule. Uh, schedule comes out about like two weeks before the event. <laughs> um, and you know, it is humans that do these classes. So sometimes things are able to change. So it is done on like a live Google doc, but for the most part, all of the classes on the schedule are what they are. But last year I had them all different colors and we're actually going to change the color coding of it. So it's now all going to be under mind, body or soul. themed classes but that way when you are kind of picking out what classes that you want to take you can say or see like oh maybe i'm doing too many soul classes maybe i need Mm. to add a body class in today to like really get myself grounded yeah or maybe the day two maybe that wasn't even the plan but day two you're like i'm just i really need to ground myself let me look at what classes are in this color and get into my body or vice versa i'm way too my body i need to like shake it up and have a little fun let me okay what is this class or so it's kind of going to be another tool added in there so that you can kind of create balance throughout the retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking a- of, and just to like plug my own, like speaking of the body class, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm teaching. I'm so excited about this yoga class. I'm listen, like, I'm, so it'll be big time. So like when you were saying connecting to your body, I was like, Oh my God. Yes. But mm-hmm. yes, listen, it's going to be a 90 minute yoga class, like non strenuous. It's going to be a slow flow but we're going to like crack our way through all of our chakras, like all of our energy centers starting at the root and just open up. And it on that property in that place with that energy, I'm listed. I'm so excited to see how people react to it. I cannot. It's going to be gonna so good from your There's so many tears. Listen, yeah. like, that's a pretty, I hope so. Opening yoga is that it's, you get the urge to cry and release, mm-hmm. but like there, I'm super excited for your class too. I think I'm actually I'm gonna do my best. It's hard for me to get the classes. Yeah, you're when I'm the there. Shit. Yeah, so it's uh, but I, I'm gonna try to make I'm gonna try to make it to that one. Uh, I don't. Are you are you down to talk about your other class that you're gonna be doing? Because yeah, that one I am yeah. super excited about. Excited about that one too. Uh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do a class over utilizing the elder feedback runes in magic. So this isn't really going to be a class that will be going into like the lore uh, and all of that of each rune, which like we will, because you have to a little bit to explain what they all mean and we'll go into that. But I really wanted to show how they can be applied uh, as sigils and just as amplifiers and kind of coordinators of magic and magical workings and whatnot, because that's predominantly how I use them. Uh, There's a ton of power in them and just working with these like uh, essentially like stored power banks of like, whatever the energy is that they represent. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's really cool. I'm really excited for that class. I think people are going to take a lot away from that. And then we also have a tent that's going to be set up uh, 
for like adorning your body and other people and like costume play and like body paints. So I'm really interested to see the shift of once that class happens and then how many people are walking around with runes on them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I hope. Yeah. yeah. I hope many too. I think it's going to be cool to see that happen. Should we just uh, bring like markers to that class so we can like tattoo each other with it? Just go nuts. Yeah. Why not? Be like in middle school math class with nothing to do and just draw on your forearm. Yeah, yeah, and we can do that uh like that Superman S thing. You remember that? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And you can make a chain out of it too. You can make a whole chain. Oh, yeah, yeah, the paperclip chain. Never right? mm-hmm. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. I'm old. Yeah. I it- <laughs> am ready. Me too. Yeah, I'm I'm every day that passes, I am getting more and more excited. Um and and it's getting to the point where, and I know, I know, like, I could hear it when you laughed a little bit when you said this, Rachel, but, like, I know the schedule comes out two weeks beforehand, but I've hit that point where I'm like, I just want to make my schedule. Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. I know. It's, it's something that uh, I wish I could get it out early, but it just, well, also, sometimes we throw in some last minute classes. Uh, it just well, happens yeah. every year like that, you know? And patience um, is a virtue, so, you know. It is. It is. Um <laughs> And yeah, I think the best thing that we ever did, though, was making it a live schedule um, mm, mm, so that mm-hmm. everyone can just pull it up on their phones whenever and see. But I mean, we really didn't have that many changes, but I'm, I'm hoping this year it'll come out and then there won't be any changes at all. <laughs> hey, that's, that's the dream. You know, each year it's less and less. You know, I think we really <laughs> only had like two. And then I think we had like two others. that were just confusion. So really out of the hundred classes four switching up wasn't too bad. Um but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And I'm excited. I'm so, so excited. Let There's me so many ask more classes you this. Too. Let me ask you this as sort of a, a wrap up question here. If you could suggest, let's say three, I don't know, pick a number, two, three, whatever you want to do. Ugh. Classes that are not bean related at all, have nothing to do with the beans, but you really, really want the beans to experience. What would you, what would you pick? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> And you can totally cheat I, and say all of them if you'd like, but you know. I mean, yeah, sure, of course, all of them. But I also know that that's just putting too much pressure on everybody. We can't do that. Um, <laughs> I be think, in all the places the, at once. Yeah, be everywhere all at the same time. Yes. Um, there's a really phenomenal class that is facilitated by my friends Kelly and Larissa, and it's really about vulnerability. The whole mm. thing is about making conscious connections with strangers and that is so on point though uh-huh I yeah it, that. it really is and if you ever see the pictures from those classes it's just all different kinds of people that are in there and then it's fantastic you just see them all hugging after too just all these people having these really profound experiences just talking to each other um so that would be one that i would absolutely recommend um i mean if you the tarot class is always popping like tar- mm-hmm. like uh, Colleen for tarot and Crystal for energy work and, mo- and money magic. They were there last year. So I do know it is in the witchy realm, but we do have Colleen will be bringing in like a class on the court cards this year. And I know a lot of people just come to listen to her talk about tarot. She's just so well-educated on all of the things. Um, we're going to do a cacao ceremony. It's so, so good. 
Uh huh. Um, I'm so passionate about surfing. I know you said yeah. three, but I think I just can't do three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the cacao ceremony will definitely be amazing. Um, I yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm sure I'm gonna kick myself in the butt after for not naming other things, but we'll just keep it there. It's gonna it's be yeah. That was the hard and fast rule. Three, you're it not was, allowed. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, did. I did it already. I'm already, yeah. Yeah, I'm flagged. I'm flagged. Uh, all right. Well, uh, is there anything else? Is, is there anything else that we should know as human beings? Yeah, are, are human there tickets beings? still available? There are tickets still available at Um, Just so you know, all of Sky Hill is sold out. Yeah. Sky Hill and is that happened, sold out. And that should happen, like, soon. That happened a while ago, yeah. Because right, we yeah. do, Sky Hill is just, a like, it is one of my personal favorite locations on the property. I know people like other spots, um, but we have people like there will be more than just beans up there because that is like a very favorite spot to Anahata's attendees. Um, but I do want to let everyone know that where the camping and the lodging is like none of that is very far away from each other. So if you get camping in the main camping area, you're literally right next to Sky Hill. Like down a little hill, a little trail, and there's um, also gonna be there's bean there's like a big bean city in the in the temp the tent area, the tent area. yeah yeah there is if you're worried about being somewhere where you're not gonna know anyone or you won't be with a bean don't be there's so beans everywhere they will find you we're gonna see the wristband and they're gonna come get yeah. you um, oh that's but right also, you know what yeah. That uh, you guys may, if y'all weren't there last year, I don't know if we really talked about this, but there's there's a special wristband that identifies the beans. And I love that. So I can't wait for that because one of my favorite activities was seeing that wristband on people. And like, I don't know if it was like, maybe they were like too shy or like what, you know, but it's like you, you would be talking to them for a while and then you'd see that wristband on and you'd be like, oh, dude, you're a fucking bean. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. I've, it's I generally fun. felt it made people feel easier to approach each other too, especially about the show. Like yeah. I, I would just kind of notice people looking. I would notice people looking for it specifically, and so it, it became a really funny identifier. Like you would just mm-hmm. see it and be like, "All right, we can be weird together," you know. And then it was just yep. known immediately. Yeah. You could talk yeah. about weird shit. So yeah. be weird together. Spend time with beans, but also yeah. Yeah. please, please, please branch out, blanch be out. Weird together. Yeah. Be weird apart. Be yeah, like together. Be weird. The other it. communities are weird too. Yeah, yeah. We're all we're all a bunch it's of great. weirdos here, and it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go kayaking. That's a thing. Go walk there's along the water. Fairy trail. Fairy tra- yep. Fairy trail. Um, there's so much to do. Archery is going to be get dope. Coffee in the morning. I had a ritual, and it was so good because I get mm-hmm. up early, so I would roll out of bed at like six thirty in the morning, or literally, however early it was that coffee went out. Seven. I think it was seven. Yeah, and I would that. go get coffee at seven and that delicious ass coffee that is so goddamn good and i'll get a hot cup of coffee and it's kind of chilly in the mornings because it's not the this fucking devil's asshole that we're living on right now (laughs) and like it was so nice and cold in the mornings and i had my little shawl and i would just go walk through like up those stairs up where like the the little uh maze thing is the uh, the labyrinth Mm -hmm. and all that like Mm -hmm. those trees you you can there's so many places you can just if you have nothing if you just want to take some time and go be alone there are so many places you can just walk on the yeah yeah it is there's i'm actually super excited uh do you guys remember the adorable little cabins like all the way down like the trail yes we opened we yeah we have them open now so people can 
Yeah, so those ones are like a little bit of a walk away from the main property, yeah, but, but they're nice and private. Like that's kind of cool. So cool. I love it out there. It's just it's beautiful. It's a whole I'm just so excited. Yeah, sorry. I I felt like there was more more to say there, but I I realized I could probably keep talking forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just about everything that I love and the classes that I loved and things that I love. I mean, everything from like there were people there who took it uh, just of their own initiative to like set up safe spaces to like yeah. come and, and chill out. And if you're if you're that I needed a few times, you know, I just I'm mm-hmm. that kind of person. I was like, I'm gonna have a panic attack. I'm gonna go to this safe room and you'd go there. And it, it was just, it's just the most um, thoughtful community. And it's the most safe I just I've never felt more safe and accepted around a large group of people, because to me, I'm the kind of person who can go to Walmart, which is a fraction of the size of how many people are coming. And and I can just leave and be like, I never want to see another human again. And it was it was very restorative of just how I I don't know you life and people in, in the big picture. So. Yeah. Get to it. Where can we find information on Anahata's? Where can we get tickets? Uh, yeah. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, you can get all the tickets on AnahatasPurpose dot com. We are on the social, right? So we have the Facebook and the Instagram. Also, the there is the Facebook, the Book of Faces. Um, mm-hmm. We do also have a Anahata Plus Waba Facebook group. So we do have a decent amount of people in there. And if you're kind of like on the fence, wanting to know if you should come or not, or have other questions, uh, some of the OGs are helping me answer questions in there. It's extremely helpful. Um, It's, they've been fantastic. And uh, yeah, so I would definitely say if you have any questions or anything, go in there. You can also, if you reach out on any social media platforms, email, it's me. So feel free to just hit me up, ask me any questions that you want or that you have. and I, I think that's, you know, that's it. If you want to laugh about Biggie and Tupac, you can go listen to Two Geminis and a Leo. Recommend it. Definitely <laughs> Thank you. It. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I'm just super excited to, to hug people if they want to be hugged <laughs> and be vulnerable with people and to cry. And I know that that all sounds silly, but once you're there and you do it, it's like all you want to do. So I hope you can find, I hope everyone can find time and find space to come and if not i hope sometime in the future you can come hell yeah Mm -hmm. and everything that we've talked about here such as the website and and everything it'll be down in the description box uh easy easy links for you nice well thank thank you for coming on the show thank you for letting me level up to my biggest greatest mario version of me (laughs) i leveled up I've ascended. Well, <laughs> thanks. Our egos didn't need that, but thank you. No, and I'm sorry feel- if you're disappointed. What was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I said I'm glad that we could grant you enlightenment, but too bad. Like I'm sorry you're disappointed because this is it. <laughs> is it everything you thought it would be? It's everything I thought it would be. It's everything. Great. No, it was cool. I was. I had a moment where I was like, "Oh my goodness, wait, I'm gonna be on." I, I'm going to get on the podcast. Like you guys have had like three people talk on here. <laughs> so I did. I felt like I feel special. So thank you. Lit. All right. Lit well, we will see fam. you at Anahata's Purpose. I'll see you at the Purpose. <gasps> I guess I should add that if you call it the Purpose, people will think you're in a cult. So. Ooh, ooh, do it. Yeah. So do it. Yeah. Yes. Call, you're going to the Purpose. Mm-hmm. Dude. The Purpose. <laughs>